And we are the Extra Sisters, so sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Before we begin episode 132, we would just like to give a quick shout out and a happy birthday to one of our patrons. So happy birthday, Robin. Happy birthday, Robin. We hope you have an awesome week and thank you so much for your support. It's been about a year, a little over a year that all of our, almost all of our patrons have been with us since we started. You guys are amazing. Yeah. And then of course we've gotten a few along the way, which we appreciate you just as much. Yes. But it's been really cool to see the consistency with most of them there. So much appreciated. And we hope you have just the best birthday. So for episode 132, we are going to be discussing a film from Japan from 2001 called Pulse. And what is interesting is I have always seen the cover for this film, the one that's like that reddish kind of looks like almost like a mouth, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Does that make you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I was actually going to ask why you put this on the list. Was it just the cover? <laughs> I love that. If it, that is. Yes. Yes, yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, so I have known about this film for a long time. There actually is an American remake of it as well, but I didn't really know much about that. And always, if there's an American remake, I'm going to want to watch the original first because right. typically, other than The Grudge I and The Ring, those are the only two. I've always seen the Japanese or the, like in the case of Shudder, the originals first. And I, I just wanted to watch the original first. Plus, that's the cover art that I had seen and it just looked spooky you know Mm -hmm. and it had always stuck with me so I wanted to put this on the list this year and it was it is also available for free on streaming on 2btv.com and you can make a free account on there not sponsored but you know (laughs) hey there's a lot of free shit on there also the whaling was free on that just throwing that out there but you can stream it for free so it actually feels kind of long, even though it's only like a one. It's about two hours. It's yeah. Not quite. But this is a hard walkthrough. Okay. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, definitely. I'm not probably going to give you everything because there are two different storylines that merge at the yes. end. So it's kind of hard to walk through them completely. So this might be a little bit shorter of an episode just because I'm not going to walk through both plots entirely, but instead kind of condense what is happening. But I will say what I really enjoy about especially Japanese films from like the nineties to early two thousands is they're creepy, but they're not in your face jump scare creepy. Yes. Like they are. There's one where we get to see eyes and a ghost and that was not great. Hated that. <laughs> Had trouble <laughs> with that one. Hated that one. And I also just really like the differences in like we've talked about this before, how they would react to a situation versus how we would react to a situation. I made a couple notes on that alone and I'm sure now I kind of want to watch the American version, even if we never do it, because I don't really have any interest in watching the American version, to be perfectly honest with you. But I'm just Mm -hmm. interested to see kind of how they went about it. Right. 
because it came a few years after this, but this is, I guess, not super dependent on like dial-up internet, but that is an aspect in itself is dial-up internet. Yes, it's almost, or at least I thought it was going to be like the ring, but over the internet. Yeah. And you could use it with internet now. It's not like you couldn't say like, oh, your computer's just turning on and connecting to Wi-Fi on its own and showing you these horrible things. We've, it's not like we haven't seen that before, but this was definitely very, very early on, I would say. Yes. Kind of 2001? That. Like, mm-hmm. that's crazy how early that was. Which was interesting because they even had some discussions about like, what brought you to the internet? Like, why did you want to get online? You know, stuff like that. And now it's like, you're not online? The fuck? <laughs> right you don't have an eye like a smartphone like you see a flip phone now that doesn't connect to the internet and you're like okay dinosaur you know (laughs) right this is very like primitive internet granted we've had the internet since the 80s but it was like you could only have that if you were incredibly wealthy you know right in fact one of our characters we're getting to watch him set up the internet because he he just got a computer he's not very computer literate and he's trying to deal with all that and it brought back i know this isn't a different country and different languages but it brought back so much stuff like i remember when i was younger and my mom got like encarta so that we could have the encyclopedia and now we just have wikipedia just there all the time i remember all that stuff we got aol 19 and we had windows 95 and then we got like aol at some point when that was a thing Mm -hmm. you know and you'd uh put the disc in and get that all set up and then you would wait and you would wait forever you know and it's just and then my parents would get so mad at me because i would be on aol instant messenger and aiming my friends and nobody could call us. Exactly. You can only be on there for 10 minutes so that we can have the phone back. And it's like, well, fine. 10 minutes is nothing. Like, it takes me 10 minutes to get on the internet. Exactly. So I would just be on there and not tell anybody. And then my parents would figure it out and be like, how long have you been on there? And it's like, an hour? What? <laughs> exactly. At like peak phone time, you know, between like when I got home from school, between like 4.45 <laughs> and like 5.45 when everybody is trying to call, you know. Right. So dial up internet, you know, if you're Gen Z, I know you know about it, but you didn't live the life, man. (laughs) Exactly. Like much respect to Gen Z, but you don't know the struggle. (laughs) And it's interesting because the American Pulse came out in 2006 and it was written by Wes Craven and Ray Wright. So I'm not saying it's probably garbage. But it had Kristen Bell and Ian Somerhalder and Christina Milan. Like these were big time stars in the mid 2000s you know i didn't know Kristen bell was in a horror movie now i gotta watch it i love her she's awesome yeah i think she's the main in, main character so awesome they were super super interested to see like what they did with it especially because internet progressed so quickly from year to year just like film mm-hmm. at some point in history so fast Right. I mean, even now technology is moving so fast. Can you imagine how different it was in 2001 than it is now? No. I mean, we lived it, but it's like hard to remember, you know. <laughs> exactly. Even when I was in high school and had like a cell phone that would connect to the internet, if you accidentally hit the internet ver- button and you couldn't like afford it or like you couldn't, mm-hmm. you didn't pay for that, you had to like hit the end button like a bajillion exactly. times. Exactly. Like, you know, and it because it took it like forever just to boot up the internet on a cell phone. And then even when you got on it, it's not like it loaded anything, you know? Yes, exactly. Like, I remember 
in middle school or high school, I had a friend who got like one of those personal like Palm Pilot computers and he was like all excited about it. And I'm like, okay, show me. And then it took him forever to even get on the internet or do anything. And now we just don't even talk about that they existed. He's like, wait, 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 just give me like 15 <laughs> minutes and I will pull yes. up this one web page for you. Exactly. Yeah. My friend Annie got a sidekick when we were in high school, I think those were like the shit. Do you remember those? They flipped up. Yeah. Yeah. That, those were like, and I got my first cell phone in like seventh grade and it was like such a thing that she like drove to my house to see it. And then <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then she got one a couple months later for her 13th birthday because she was just a couple months behind me. And then we both had them and we'd just be like sitting there, like calling each other. <laughs> like not, we couldn't text or anything because that was not in the, the plan. Right. No, no. So every no. text was like 25 cents or something. Yes. Shit. They were fucking expensive. Yeah. To like not to send and receive. So if somebody sent you a text, you had to pay for that. We're sounding like old fogies right now, like back in my day. <laughs> well, no, but it's like, it's just, this brought back like so much, you know, because they were in, like the, these characters are in college, but like I was in elementary school when we had the internet and stuff, but you know, it's not like you could just hop on there and do a whole report. Now I will say I got into my first like conspiracy theories and all that and got into true crime and stuff like very early on on the internet and there are some whack ass shit like they were putting on the internet when they didn't know that they could be tracked for that stuff right like when 9-11 happened mm -hmm. boy I <laughs> was a third grader on the internet because you know that was a traumatic worldwide experience that we were all living through and I was on the internet and they just put all the videos on the internet of everything super violent stuff of people jumping and shit like that yeah that, and then like videos of al-qaeda terrorists talking uh, to American. I mean, it like all sorts of stuff that I should not have been watching, but I was just trying to wrap my head around that magnitude of humanity at what, what are you third grade? I don't know, like eight or something like that. Nine. Yeah. Oh shit. I just bumped my mic. Sorry guys. I don't know what that's going to do, but anyways, yeah, like nobody was like regulating this shit. I was just sitting in my computer room, which was a completely different room in my house. Like nobody was fucking paying attention to me. So like, you know, I know, right? There's so much shit. Like, even nowadays, I feel like the internet moves so quickly that people don't even realize what kids could be seeing, let alone back then. Oh, 100%. Like, if you want to find stuff on certain websites, you just got to dig. Yeah. So, you know, I figured out how to put a deep web browser on my computer when I was a freshman in college. I didn't keep it because I was like, that's spooky, but it, <laughs> you, can, you can figure that shit out if you want to. So, anyways, let's talk about Pulse. Oh, yeah, the movie. Yeah, the movie. So this movie is about actually how ghosts invade the world traveling through the internet. Yes, which is, I know we've talked about it in the past and I'm going to bring it up again. This is a very Japanese concept in their culture, which is so cool. The fact that ghosts can just come through weird things like when you lift up a blanket and ghosts can come through there or the one Amanda mentioned recently is through underneath a fingernail, stuff like that. Well, now we have through the internet or we have like these black spots that show up on walls that kind of look person shaped and it's like those are portal type things ish. That was cool. Yeah. And also like 
that they're innovative enough to know that there's something new, completely new that is accessible to everyone. Because again, internet wasn't new, but it's just now starting to be accessible to everyone. And in, you know, it's starting to be just like a staple in homes like TV. So let's yes. use that as an yes. entry point. Now, I do want to bring up that a lot of the horror, like, yes, there is a ghost story, but the side horror is actually loneliness. That's what this whole thing is about. Is it just, especially, I'm assuming the internet makes people just lonelier and lonelier and lonelier. And actually, I want to mention that mostly what this movie made me feel was sad. Very sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and they talk about, you know, the ghosts end up having a voice and like talking to some of the characters and they talk about death being eternal loneliness. So this is not yeah. death is going to make you feel warm and fuzzy, you know? Right. I'm a little confused only on the fact that these ghosts keep telling these people that, that basically death is just eternal loneliness. And then it's causing people to commit suicide. Like, okay, well why it doesn't get any better. I'm just going to end it now. And I'm like, I wouldn't go to it then. I wouldn't rush towards it. I would try to find something better. I don't know. It's almost like they're catatonic. Yeah. Like they don't have... It doesn't really give you much explanation, but it's almost like they don't have a choice. Fair. Yeah. Like, it doesn't tell you that they do or don't, but, like, every single person that encounters one of these ghosts takes themselves and maybe it's because because of this internal loneliness the ghosts are like maybe more people i don't know like yeah maybe there's some sort of attempt to take the entire world in death because they are invading and trying to take everyone yeah you know? i did like i did like also that the film isn't bright it is dim and fuzzy almost the entire time and I definitely think that that was a choice because it feels even more lonely and it feels so dim and bright and the world is just not great. And all of our people live separately. They don't have relationships. Some of them have friends at work, but that's basically it. And then even there's an older boss guy that ends up telling one of our girls and he's like, well, if you have friends like that, why even have friends? That's why I don't even have any friends. And it's like, wow. So you are also preaching that people should just be lonely and sad. Yeah, the relationships here are not super, like, in the beginning. Now, we're going to talk about suicide a lot just because that's a main theme in this story. So if that yeah. bothers you, you know, we've already mentioned it, but that will continue. So don't listen if that bothers you. But in the beginning, these coworkers essentially have one of them is working on a project on a computer disc. And one of them goes to his apartment and... He's very distracted and not quite all there. And in the middle of their conversation, he just casually makes a noose and hangs himself. And she goes, she kind of turns the corner and sees him there dead. And yeah. everyone is like, ah, eh, just move on. You know, nothing you could have done. And nobody dwells on that. And I don't think, like, I, I know that there's a lot of differences in culture between how cultures grieve in every culture, but it's very cold. Like it is very like, eh, just move on. Yes. But they, they take her out to lunch afterwards, kind of to try to, you know, brighten her day at least a little bit. We have two, we have a male and a female colleague that she works with that take her out to lunch. And the man even says, 
basically who hasn't thought of it at one point or another. That's so sad. Yeah. I mean, I don't think everybody does, but I think that there's, I mean, I do. There's like not all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of us that have or do or have struggled with it, but right. It's just one of those things that if you struggled with any sort of mental illness, it kind of can come with it. And right. Especially if that is like depression or an anxiety disorder or borderline personality or bipolar, you just pick one out of a hat. You know what I mean? Right. And in these discussions that they're having, it's just very like brushed off. Like suicide is not, it's just another way to die. Like it's just kind of like a heart attack or something. And we don't see it like that, you know? And it's just like he died of depression or whatever, like, you know, and that they're just like, eh, you know, like, it's just one of those things. Right. Which I, I am not Japanese, so I'm sorry if I'm speaking out of turn, but it brings back the whole, the cultural thing with the fact that, you know, Japanese men will, you know, sleep at their desks and they're working some crazy amount of hours every single day, like 20 hours a day or some shit. And then they, they, don't accomplish what they need to or feel they should and they end up killing themselves and that's actually last i heard was a huge problem in japan so it brings in that cultural thing as well yeah and also like they don't speaking of just like specifically the situation in the movie not only that but they don't acknowledge her trauma of seeing it no not at all like not only the fact that their friend just that happened, but she literally saw him fell to the floor and then just like slinked up against the wall and like stared at him for yeah. a while. Yeah. So I've seen man. a dead body. It's fucking terrifying, especially when you're not expecting it. It's very like I was traumatized for quite a while. I had my, my backyard at my, trailer park connected with my neighbors and I heard a woman just screaming outside and I'm like okay she's not stopping somebody's got to go see if she is okay and I went out to see if she is okay and she like is yelling and crying and coming towards me and like hugging me and then she I just heard her go he's dead he's dead he's dead and I look over and there's like a dead body slumped against her trailer like her husband had had a heart attack and it was so terrifying to me and I know it was horrible for her but it's like especially when you're not expecting it like it's not I'm not trying to take anything away from you at all because I know what happened with your dad is absolutely terrible. But it's one thing when it's a long-term disease, when you can deal with that for a while of that this is coming as opposed to all of a sudden it's a heart attack or a car crash or something and they're just gone. Well, it's also, I didn't like, I think, you know, with like my dad, it was worse seeing him alive in the way that he was than it was dead, to be perfectly honest with you. I could see that. Yeah. And the only other times that I've seen like bodies were like car accidents. And that's like, that's also just awful. Yeah. 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 That, but that wasn't like, like that. So I didn't have, I think also adding that someone is traumatized on you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just adds whole other levels to it exactly yeah and they don't acknowledge 
like that trauma at all with this girl that saw that. And they also just move on. They don't really mention him at all. They do, but it only comes up when it's part of like the whole mystery of the story. Right. It's not about him, which, you know, that's, it's not what the movie's about, but you know, it just, it is. And that, and I know, I know it's just a movie, but it's just one of those things that you're like, Jesus Christ, you guys, like committed suicide. So they do look at the disc and it contains an image of him staring at his own computer monitor, just creating, and it just has like the series of images and the other monitor on his desk, there's like a face staring out into the room and they get a call of this distorted voice saying, help me. And he sees the same image on his phone that was on the disc. So this whole thing with help me and these random images on computers is exactly what happens throughout this entire film. Mm-hmm. And that's them traveling through the internet to get to these people. And then when it's, it is kind of like the ring or like the seven days thing when you see yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. You you see the video or you see these ghosts and then you get a call where it just repeats, help me, help me, help me over and over again. Super spooky. Yeah. And like if you get a, if you have the internet, you're probably going to get one. Right. Like, because one of our guys, we see it, he can't even get on the internet. He fucks it up. He fucks up his installation and it says error. And he's like, whatever, I'll deal with it tomorrow. And the ghost just starts up his internet for him. Yep. That's exactly what I was about to say. So he just got a new ISP and he's setting it all up, which that was actually one of my favorite parts. I don't, I know that's stupid, but watching him set up his internet was so I loved that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that too. So his computer accesses a website by itself and it shows him all of these disturbing images of people just alone in dark rooms acting so weird, like, Mm -hmm. like so bizarre. And that night he wakes up and he finds his computer on with the same disturbing images. Like how terrifying. So fucking terrifying. He fucking yanks those cords out too, which I agree. Like, nah, not me. He unplugs all that shit. He's like, I'm not, I'm not curious. I don't care. I don't, I'm not doing this shit. Fuck the internet. If this is the internet, I don't want any part of it. Exactly. No. Mm-mm. And then he goes to the computer science students and he's like, hey, hey, hey. So like, what if this was happening? And they're like, you're not a computer science student, are you? And he's like, no, I'm an economics. <laughs> right. And that's so funny because they're like, you don't know about computers, like get out. But there is one girl that tries to help him. And she's like, okay, if it happens again, you're going to either bookmark it. And he's writing all this down or hit print screen. And so she can look at them. And so he does try to do that later when that happens, but it doesn't do what he wants it to do. And instead a video plays of a man with his head in a plastic bag in a room with the words, help me written all over the walls behind him. Yeah. Super spooky. Mm-hmm. So in between all of this stuff, now again, these are two different storylines. So we've got the first storyline, they're getting called saying, help me. And their friend has committed suicide. And then the second storyline, we have this student who just got the internet and his computer is doing all this wacky shit. And he has this newfound friend trying to help him figure out what's going on. When, before these stories converge, though, 
a lot of shit happens. So then the first storyline, one of them goes into the, and this is where it gets a little bit hard to explain because they do get these hauntings ramp up. So obviously just like in any haunting movie, you're going to get more and more and more intense. And these people are going to start experiencing, experiencing more things. So one of these guys finds this, he goes to this apartment and he finds this forbidden room and he finds a door sealed with red tape and he goes in. Like, don't fucking do that. Right. Don't go in. Yeah. If somebody took the time to fucking take that shit off, I'm not going in. Mm -mm. And that becomes a theme also. There are, you find that people are trying to basically keep these ghosts trapped in rooms with red tape. So anytime you see red tape, it's a big no-no. Right. And he sees his friend, kind of, except it's not. And then he also sees this ghost come at him. And when I tell you, the way this ghost walked and then kind of fell kind of a little bit. And yes. This, that was the scariest part in the whole movie for me. I know. I was like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why'd you do that? This ghost is walking towards him, not making any sound, and the strides she's taking, but she kind of loses her footing a little bit, but it's, like, graceful, but terrifying. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then there's, like, one, I don't know, dresser or something that you can see under, and he, like, ducks behind it, and he looks under, and he doesn't see her coming for him, and I'm like, dude, don't look up, don't look up, don't fucking look up, don't do it! And he looks up, and she's, like, moving over the top of it and peeking at him and then you see the eyes and you know he just screams and then it's it stops and i'm like okay that was the most terrifying part got it got it and that's the point where it's his turn yeah yeah so this is how we move along to people and we end up finding out that these ghosts aren't just scaring people what they're doing is they're talking to them about how lonely death is and it's eternal forever yeah and i don't know i agree with you like why would you want to then run to death but then i think that also makes life pointless i guess you know i would want to live for as long as i possibly could but i mean it could that could be death it could be eternal loneliness i'm still gonna try to have as much happiness in this one as i can before i go to that it could also be that now that they've been and like they've had this encounter that those ghosts aren't going to leave them alone. They're just constantly tormenting them too. So like. That's true. One of the girls does say later on, please don't leave me alone. So maybe they are. And that she's not alone. Yeah. Lose, lose. Right. Eternal loneliness or being terrified and pestered by a ghost all the time. I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fair. Yeah. So. He also ends up throwing himself off of a roof. And one of his friends also sees that. And it's terrible. Yeah. So once he's gone, somebody goes into a similar room. First, before that happened, though, they found him basically in a almost like a fetal position kind of against a wall in one of the rooms near where they work and he's just not doing great 
Yeah, she is a really good friend. Like everyone else, even this is when the boss comes in and he's like, you don't need friends like that because he's struggling right now. And she's like, no, I'm not going to leave him. And she tries so hard and she does this with multiple people. So she is a really good fucking friend. But most people just kind of let their friends just be sad and lonely and die. And then die horrible deaths. Yeah. But she does try to check on him and he's obviously not doing well and she's trying. And I think he also warns her not to go into the forbidden room, you know, but right. Which she does listen to. And then that's when he throws himself off of the roof and she is down at the bottom when he hits, which is awful. Are you talking about off the tower? Yeah. That's actually a woman. That's a separate one. So we're actually seeing multiple other people. So this is happening all over the world, we find out eventually. So this was a a separate woman that we actually watched her tape up a door randomly. And we're like, well, that's not the forbidden room we've seen. Is that another one? And then she, she jumps off of a tower. So now this is happening more and more. And it eventually turns out like you, one of our main guys, the guy who has computer problems is walking down the street after almost towards the end of the movie and he walks past a screen and there's just missing person after missing person after missing person just popping up. And it's almost like 28 days later where nobody is around is what it eventually gets to. Because everybody's just deciding it's not worth it anymore. Right. But the fact that they're all missing persons because what we see is these people like, like the woman who jumped off the tower, she fell and like her body is there. Okay, but it doesn't last. She kind of almost melts into the ground as like it looks like a grease stain. And that's what these portals are that we've been seeing in walls and stuff. Right. And then talking about the Forbidden Room, these two girls that are friends, they go into one. One of them is like, don't fucking do that. And the other one does it anyways. So Yeah. I hated this fucking scene, though. Like, she's terrified in there. She's absolutely terrified this ghost is coming at her, you can see. So her friend comes in and tries to pull her out, and the girl, like, like stops her from pulling her out. She hasn't talked to the ghost yet or anything. She just, like, is still standing there and keeps running back in the room. What the fuck are you doing? Get out! I don't know, ma'am. She was being real stubborn. She did not want to leave that ghost. I don't know what the deal was. Maybe it was talking to her. I don't know. Maybe. She was terrified, though, so why would you want to listen? That's my point. I'd get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But because they went into this room, the other girl knew that this was bad. This was bad, bad, bad. So her friend basically also goes catatonic, which is a general theme. And talking about her basically fading into, you know, a black stain. She doesn't have some grandiose death. Eventually, like, her friend keeps trying to take care of her. And she just fades away into the wall and then, like, bursts into a bunch of little pieces that, like, go into the wind. Yeah. So. It's or did not- she? Because we find out her balcony is open. Like, the, the blinds are moving. So maybe she jumped and that's her ghost coming back. That's true. Maybe she did. It would also make sense about, you know, missing persons if they just kind of faded away. Also that. Exactly. Yeah. Because there's even children. That's the sad part. There's like eight-year-old, six-year-old, four-year-old. What four-year-old is dealing with the fact that 
you know, life is eternal loneliness. I don't even know that there are four-year-olds that could understand that. Yeah, they may just be being taken. Yeah. I mean, there are probably children ghosts that want buddies, you know? That's true. We do see a boy ghost in the library. Maybe he needs a friend to play tag with. Exactly. So that's that storyline. And we'll move on to the other one. So we have these two college kids. Remember, we have the computer science major. And then we have the guy that got the internet. And he's the economics major. So they become friends. And we also have this other character that is a postgraduate computer science student. Or like a... He's just another student, I believe. And one of his classmates. And he actually starts explaining to him just kind of out of the blue, this felt very out of the blue to me. I don't know about you. That yeah, souls... kind... Go ahead. The, the one in the library with the little boy. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like he has been seeing these ghosts. So he kind of, he meets our main guy in the library and this guy is freaking out and he's reading books about phantoms and stuff. And the, he sees someone standing over there and this guy's like, you, go catch him. I bet if you run now, you can catch him. And you can't. And he just disappears. And the guy's like, oh, my God, I'm so cold. Like, ghost stuff. And then he kind of sets him aside. And he's like, okay. So this is kind of what's happening. And this is where we get a lot of the the ghosts kind of, like, coming in here. Because this guy has figured it out, I guess. Yeah. He says that souls have begun to invade the physical world. Basically, that's his theory. So... Like that they would want to trap humans in their loneliness rather than kill them. So. Right. And we also around, well, I mean, we're bebopping around in this film, but we also our computer science girl shows our main guy, a program that a doctoral student had come up with. And she's like, yeah, I don't understand it. Smarter people than me can understand this, but basically she shows it to him and is kind of creeped out by it because they're basically those little blips on the screen that show each one of us and show, you know, there are bigger blips that maybe are cities and stuff like that. But each blip is like a person, basically. And there are some that fade in and out. And she does mention, she's like, it's just, doesn't it make you feel so lonely looking at it? Because they're not, they're almost like fleeting in and out next to each other, but they don't ever stay connected, really. Right. Life. Right. And, you know, that commentary on, you know, yeah, you can stay connected with the internet, but are you really connected? Right, exactly. But early commentary on the internet. Exactly. And it's, it's interesting to me that we have this in 2001. And this is still a problem and is an even bigger problem. Like the internet connects us all, but it, it also separates us more and more every single day, you know, especially in Japan. I've watched documentaries on this. They're not getting married. They're not having kids anymore. Their population is actually in decline because they're not, men don't feel that they are able to get married and provide for their families and things like that. So there are actually places in Japan where you can go to hug a woman it's I'm gonna say brothel but it's not like I don't think sex is on the table but it's like if you want to snuggle if you want to have a hug if you want you know stuff like that just touch because people just aren't connecting anymore like professional cuddling yeah exactly Mm -hmm. we have professional cuddlers here but it's a little different but it's not that well it is kind of sad but like some people just really like 
having people come over and cuddle them. But yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. No, this is you go to them. Like they yeah. rent out a space, like it's an actual shop type thing yeah. that men go to. And I'm sure women as well. How sad is that as on a cultural level that that job even had to be created? Right. That somebody had to brainstorm what would help people feel more connected. Exactly. And then back to the program, the, there are some blips that fade in and out. And our, our girl, computer scientist, has basically assumed that those are the ghosts. Ew. Yeah. So this program even brings into account the supernatural. So cool. That is neat if we could ever figure something like that out. Right. So we have these two and they decide that they want to get, they want to fuck off somewhere because people are are disappearing, dwindling, right? So they want to leave. Mm -hmm. And I really like their friendship because they just became friends because he asked a computer question. But now that they realize that there are ghost things happening and people are just like dropping like flies you know, and they just want to to leave. Yes. And they try to get away to somewhere far away on a subway, but the train stops and all of a sudden she doesn't want to do it anymore. She just wants to go home. She just wants to get the fuck out and go home. When she gets back to her apartment, she sees a man with a plastic bag shoot himself on her computer. And then she presses enter and she kind of looks at the camera and she says I'm not alone and then when he comes to see her she's just gone yeah but we do see that there's somebody behind her filming her and that's where she goes to the camera and says I'm not alone so there's somebody that's watching these people and filming them at all times that's what all these videos are that we're seeing so what the fuck is going on Mm-hmm. Yep. Let me scroll down here. So people are still vanishing. Now full evacuations of Tokyo are beginning. Yeah. And the ghosts are having like a full-scale invasion. And this man, this is when our two storylines combine here. So the economic student meets the woman that was caring for her friend that just you know, burst into the wind. They meet up because he sees her like hunched over in her car that broke down and they meet up and they find his friend in an abandoned factory. And then really quick before that though, yeah, he helps fix her car. And I loved that scene because bringing back into away from the ghost part of it and the loneliness part of it, they talk about things like this friend that they're going to look for and stuff. And she asks some questions about her and he's like, well, I don't know. I guess we never really talked about it. We never really had time. And they are connecting more as he's working on her car. They're having that, that personal relationship and conversation than anybody has had this whole time. They are connecting because, you know, fate brought them together and he's fixing her car. They have time to talk. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what are you? What else are you going to do? Right. You know. So they do find her in a warehouse, and she has a gun. And she does end up shooting herself. And I do have to say that that is the least bloody suicide scene I have ever seen. Like, they even... She, like, 
puts it, um, this is really graphic. And so if you do not want to listen to me talk about this, please don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she shoots herself, I think underneath her, like puts it underneath her chin. Mm-hmm. And there's like no blood. They even like pick her up and there's no blood. There's no blood pooling or anything. And I don't know if that's because you don't see a ton of gore in these Japanese horror films. You just don't see it. Yeah, there's almost no blood that I can think of in this. So it's just an interesting, like, they're going there. They're pushing the envelope with someone. They don't cut away from her shooting herself, but there's still no real blood. You know what I mean? Right. It's just an interesting observation, I guess, of why that would that would be done that way like they didn't want to show it being all gory and gruesome as if it really would be you know i don't know i mean maybe i'm reaching here but i i feel like i've i'm i'm understanding the artsiness of it like how dim the film is and maybe the fact that they don't show blood because they talk about multiple times are we dead are we dead are we already ghosts so i'm wondering if maybe it's just a just don't show the blood and make it more gruesome and make people feel like was she already was she a ghost maybe that's a good point i didn't think about that but also we have our our main girl who knows not to go into the red room she actually mentions to our main guy now the, the only two left and she goes if you see a room with red tape don't go in and he goes yeah i already know and though he already knows He's fucking dumb and does it anyway. So basically, they they run out of gas. So after this death scene happens, he still needs to go get gas for them. So he goes back into the factory. He puts some gas into a little gas canister. And the cap rolls into a taped-off red room. Okay, you can see the red tape. You don't need the cap that fucking bad. Don't go in the room. But he does anyway. Yeah, yeah, he do. And actually about the red taped room, they had taped up like a ghost in there previously kind of as a backstory. And then the building completely got knocked down, which might have been like a turning point for all of this happening. Yes. Just forgot to mention that little bit there. And that was just like a construction project that happened. Like Yes, just accident. Like how many construction projects do we just have that happen all the time? Just tearing stuff down. Right. So when he goes in that warehouse, he opens the door sealed with red tape and he encounters a ghost who insists that it is real and like that death is eternal loneliness. And he actually is able to physically touch the ghost like it is a person, like it is a solid entity. It's not like see-through, like it is kind of see-through, but like he can touch it as if it is a person. Yes. That's the part that scares him is he's like, I'm not afraid of you. And he like goes to the ghost, assuming he can just walk through and he touches and the, the ghost is like, I'm real. I'm here. And then he loses the will to live. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to fight anymore, but the girl basically makes him. So she drags him to safety. They drive. Basically, Tokyo is on fire it's like an apocalypse there's like a plane that is burning and crashes from the sky like there's and then they find a very small boat and they just take it out to sea they're like fuck this and they are found and they are brought aboard a ship departing from tokyo 
and just just a small group of survivors who tell them that these similar events are happening all over the world and they were headed for Latin America and they go below deck where he just disintegrates into ashes and she basically is left alone. Yep. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. There's like nothing happy about this film at all. <laughs> Which no. is kind of a theme. Like there's nothing really happy about like the grudge or the ring or Ringu, you know, Juon. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know that I don't really bring in personal stuff into this, but I struggle with my relationship with my mom like a lot. I feel like there are a lot of times where she doesn't care about me at all. And she kind of shows it sometimes. And literally, I had finished this film. And right afterwards, I received a text from my mom about not caring, basically. (laughs) Like, it wasn't specifically that, but I don't want to go into details. But yeah, it was basically I had shared some personal information with her and she totally changed the subject. And it was so sad after such a sad movie. Like, I felt so lonely. You were like, fuck this movie, fuck this day, fuck this. <laughs> exactly. Did you have to watch a movie to like come out of it or? Oh yeah, I watched, I ended up watching Good Burger is on Netflix right now. I don't know if anybody grew up with that. Like, yeah. welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger, can't yeah, take, take order. <laughs> <laughs> I got to watch that and that's been years. So that was really nice. And I got to laugh after that, but. Well, good. I'm glad you did. Cause yeah, that movie's really heavy and it's got yes. some really heavy themes. Yes, be prepared watching this movie. Like, you don't even have to listen to our, our whole thing. We should have said it in the beginning, I guess. But just be prepared. It's an intense movie. It's very sad. It is, yeah. And it can feel a little drawn out sometimes. And, like, yeah. you know, it's got a ton of plot points. And you kind of feel like, okay, this is kind of dragging a little bit is kind of what I would say, you know. But as far as, like, the actual, like, themes and the ghosts and what it is doing is a really good and interesting plot i guess yes so on rotten tomatoes people typically really like this movie critics gave it a 74 and the audience gave it a 60 percent, and that's with over 10,000 ratings so 60 is not like amazing but it does get over that like good to meh hump Mm -hmm. there especially for rotten tomatoes and 74 percent from critics is pretty solid so yeah it's pretty well liked and i would probably i probably wouldn't watch this again and i didn't have like the best time watching it but aside from it being sad because like i can handle like one of my favorite movies that i absolutely love is requiem for a dream and like that's fucking sad (laughs) yes i can deal with sad themes but this one just felt I think it's also hard when you have a foreign language back and forth too, because sometimes it's hard to follow where you're at. Yeah. But I'd say this one probably lands somewhere, but at like a, like a solid, like three and a half. Like I feel like it's better than a three, but doesn't quite reach the four for me. So I hate doing half ratings, but I'd say probably like a three and a half. Yeah. Fair. I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. So on the basis of that, it would probably get a three for me. But because I I got drawn in so much with, you know, me, I'm not, I'm not like Amanda. I'm not such an artsy film lover, but I felt like I understood this art 
and the sadness behind it and it just really connected with me I'd probably give it a four yeah that's solid like I and I feel like that's totally fair it's a really good film and I I would recommend it I would recommend it cautiously depending on your mental state I suppose yes because I feel like if you're really lonely and you can't deal with them like suicidal themes it's probably not the best thing for you to go into, but I feel like if you're in a pretty decent headspace and you don't mind those kinds of things, it may still get to you, but it's not going to ruin you, you know? Yes, definitely. Or it may not bother you at all. Just kind of depends <laughs> what we are, so. I didn't think this movie bothered me at all until re- until we were talking about it again, and I realized that it actually did, so. Yeah, and, I, and again, like, while I was watching it, I will say there are some times when you're, like, you can maybe feel a little bored, but also, like, when you kind of, ref- it's definitely one of those where, like, you sit and reflect on it, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for this review of Pulse. Of course, you can find us on all of our social medias and hang out with us there. Facebook and Instagram are the Extra Sisters Podcast, and Twitter is at the Extra Sisters. And if you would like to join our little Patreon family, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters Podcast. We would love to have you. And again, happy birthday, Robin. We're sorry this one fell on a kind of sad movie. And next time, it's better to eat than be eaten. Till then, stay creepy. 